Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Today we are looking at the role of the heart in unity. Amen. The role of the heart in unity. If you don't know what role the heart plays, you will miss things. Amen. The heart is not meant for all of these uh, things that people want to use the heart for. The heart is what God gave us to transmit himself into us. The heart is an important place. God gave us the heart so that he can find himself in us and then we can do them. In fact, when it comes to this world, the heart is where everything takes place. The heart is the engine room. The heart is that part of our lives where everything that we do, whether good or bad, it takes effect from there. When the heart conceives, it becomes the direction of that person's journey on earth. Whatever the heart conceives, that becomes the direction that the person takes. So the heart is so important that you cannot even joke with it. You cannot play with it. When Christians or believers don't know the importance of the heart, they allow anything to enter the heart. They allow anything to get in there. And when you allow just anything about anything to get into the heart, you may be producing what God has not put in there. And the reason there's no unity in the body of Christ is because the heart of many are following things that are ungodly. Are you here with me? The only thing that would defeat a people who are united is a heart that is not committed to the cause. The only thing that would defeat a people who are united is the heart that is not committed and dedicated to that cause. So God you see, before he wants to work with you, he wants to fix your heart. That is why even in Revelation, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone opens the door of his heart, I will come in. Because the heart is where everything takes place. So God is also targeting the heart. If God can get hold of the heart, God has gotten hold of the person. The heart is a serious thing. 
That is why when I hear people say, I have broken heart, I have broken heart. It tells me where they put their heart. As if your heart is in the hands of God, God will never break your heart. You put your heart in the hands of men. So, at the end of the day, man, as a man, man can destroy your heart. Amen. So, in today's teaching, we are fixing the heart problems in the church. Are you here with me? I said, today's teaching is coming to address the heart problem in the church. Because if their heart is fixed, that is all. That is all. All that God wants to do for you to have a transformed life is to fix your heart first. When your heart is fixed, hey, you, are, you become unstoppable. The challenges people go through is because they are carrying a heart that has not aligned to the will of God. Their heart is steep in the well and they take this same heart and say, oh, God use me. No way. The Bible says you cannot serve two masters. And what is in your heart will determine the kind of master you are serving. It's my prayer that by the time I'm done with this teaching, you will look at yourself and examine your heart. And if there's anything, David said, Lord, if there's anything in my heart that does not glorify, take it out. Because you cannot have a heart that does not please God and pretend like you are pleasing God. It's not possible. Yeah. I love the law. The heart is everything. See, the heart is everything. It is more than that organ that pumps blood into our. It is more than that. It is bigger than that. It is what controls everything about us. You are in church here this morning because your heart decided to come to church if your heart didn't say you come to church you'll be sleeping by now i'm telling you everything you do in your life is decided by your heart so if your heart is not godly everything you do in your life is also not godly so the heart is very serious i'm telling you see someone coming to church and sleeping their heart has decided that when I go to church today, let me do what I will do best. If they had, see, we were here all night on Friday. I saw how many of you, you were determined to go through the hours praying. Because their heart was determined to pray. If you thought, that, oh, let me go to church, let me just show up, let apostles see me, and then I'll find my way out and out. You would have done it. But most of you, you were determined to pray for about four or five hours. Yes, because when the heart is ready to do something, nothing can stop you. Nothing beats a determined heart. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew 16. Read from verse number 19. Matthew 16 from verse number 19. Uh, yeah. And I will give you verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be losing in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to, the, to, go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief, chief scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, For it is, far be it from me, from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Jesus, by this dialogue, was telling us how his heart was determined to go and die. And that no man was will or capable enough to turn his head outside upside down he said i'm going to go to jerusalem i'm going to suffer i'm going to be killed peter opens his mouth and said lord let this be far from you you are not going to die he said come on get you behind me satan when their heart is ready to do something nothing can distract you and nothing can stop you a heart that is ready to do something nothing can stop you are you here with me? A heart that is ready to do something, nothing can stop you. Matthew 5, verse number 8. Matthew 5, verse number 8. He said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed, happy, enviable are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So, it is not everybody that shall see God. It is only those that have a pure heart that is why your heart must always be pure before God it's not everybody can that will see God even Jesus said in Matthew 7 he said not everybody who says to me Lord 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 shall enter into the kingdom of God but those who do it the will of my father who is in heaven so those who have the will of God in their heart and they are pursuing the will of God these are the people who are described as those having a pure heart when you have a pure heart, you will see God. Apostle, is it possible to have a pure heart? Yes, it is so possible. If, you, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you say that God is your Father, then you must have a pure heart. What is wrong with the church today? That many people are having a heart that is contrary to the will of God. They sit in church all day long, yet they pretend. When they go out there into the world, the things that they do tells that their heart has not been purified. Jesus said, our hearts shall be purified with pure water. What is the water? The word. When you hear the word, your heart constantly be purified because God needs your heart. A heart full of impurities will obstruct the flow of the glory of God. It will prevent the maximum flow of the glory of God because the heart is today here and the heart is tomorrow there what is controlling your heart what is controlling your heart the thing that controls your heart will show in the things that you do are you here with me
Amen. Colossians chapter number 3. I have a lot of scriptures to give, so I'm going to really move fast. And move fast along with me. Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. I read from verse 22 and 23. It said, Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. In the sincerity of your heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man. Did you hear that? Do it from your heart as to God, not as to man. Now the reason many people don't do things the way they ought to do is that they want to please people. There are a lot of pretenders around because they want, yes, they want the man of God to see that they are doing so much. Yet in their heart, they are not pleasing God. A pure heart does things not just to please men or even beyond the realm of pleasing men. They do things because they are doing it unto the Lord, not unto men. Because at the end of the day, I will not reward you. It is God who is going to reward you. So if God is the one going to reward you, why are you then now behaving that I am the one going to reward you? You do things like you are doing unto the Lord. There are many people, if Jesus will appear, in, in the physical sense, and say, Oh, do this. Say, oh, it is Jesus, so I'm going to do it. Just pretending. Amen, somebody. Your heart tells of the master that controls you. Your heart tells of the master you respond and you respect. Your heart. Say, a heart. So he said that even here, okay, he said, You're a born servant. He said, he said Obey. Your earthly masters, obey them. Like you're obeying the law. You keep quiet, you do everything you're told to do. How many people are disrespectful because their hearts don't honor God. Amen. Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4. Verse number 23. Sorry, 32. Acts chapter number 4. From verse 32, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. The multitude of those who believed, they were having one heart and one soul. You cannot be part of a church when we are all going to in this direction. You claim, I want to do my own thing. It's not possible. The role of the heart in the united front is that all of us must have the same heart and the same soul. In other words, what controls me, what determines my action, should be what is in your heart as well. Every one of us ought to be people having the same heart, the same mind, having the same agenda, having the same purpose. In that strength, we will thrive. The multitude, the multitude, they were all having one heart and one mind. Many people who go to church, they have their own mind, they have their own heart. They, they, they know why they are in church. People go to church because of what they are looking for. They, know, they have their reasons. There are many people, after they get what they are looking for in the church, pa, they leave. Because they were in church not because of God. They were in church looking for something from Him. There are many people, 
Oh, they went to church because they are looking for a husband. The moment they got a the husband, they stopped attending church. They say, oh, I'm now pregnant. And I have children. I have to take care of my husband. I have to do this. They now begin to give excuses. Meaning that all along, it was what you were looking for that was in your heart. But you were pretending like you were in church because of God. A lot of people, they are in church. When they don't have a job, oh, 5 a.m. they are in church. And they will stay in church till 7 p.m. The moment they get a job, you find them in church. You find them in church. Oh, the shift that I'm, I'm, I've been going is, is always, you know, I'm, I'm giving me issues. That's why I can't come to church. Oh, man of God. Oh, excuse upon excuse. It is because excuses are the manifestation of what is in your heart. I'm telling you the truth today. Today, they will tell you so many things. The more you give excuse, don't think you are being smart. No, it is, it is a dumb way of exposing what is in your heart. All along, that is what is in your heart. But you could not say it. You could not do it, so you are using that excuse. You don't want to come to church. You don't want to pray. You don't want to do it. So you found something and you hid behind it. That, was, that is an attitude of a coward. A coward is someone who finds something and puts it before him so that he can find something to do. Guess what? Cowards won't go to heaven. You didn't hear what I said. I said cowards, they won't go to heaven. Those who like giving excuses, you won't go to heaven because cowards don't have a place in the plan of God. When you read Revelation 21, when you read verse 8, the first thing he says, he says, and all cowards and unbelieving the first people he wanted, he said they were going to go to the lake of fire are cowards. 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 Ah. Their heart is full of other things. Other than the things of God. What did Jesus say? He said there are two commandments. In fact, Paul even added to that. All the apostles, they added to that. There are only two commandments. It's not ten commandments. Jesus said the greatest of all of the commandments are two. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything about you. All your mind, not a portion of your heart. All your heart, not part of your heart. But there are many people who are loving God with part of their heart. And it shows in your action. When you tell them to do something for the Lord, ah, they are hesitant. Because not all of their hearts are for the Lord. Some of their hearts are for the world and part of their heart are for God. And let me tell you, saints, anyone who is not dedicated fully to God does not please God. May I, see, I, I, I know people whose hearts are fully for God. They are the ones when you tell them, hey, come on, let's go and do this thing. They will never give an excuse. These are people... I know, I, I'm not around. I went to work. I want this. I want this. No, that's not how we do this. I remember one day, my bishop said, Peter, we are traveling to Kumasi for a crusade one week. And then he asked me, are you working? I said, yes, sir. I said, we are going. He didn't even tell me, go and ask permission from your boss. He didn't even say anything. And I also said, yes, sir. Knowing that I'm working, I said, yes, sir, we'll go. The following Monday, when I was in the office, prepared to go. As soon as I got home, I started making my arrangement. I said, I'm not available in the week. If you like, sack me. If you like, sack me. God will give you a job. A heart that 
is committed, a heart that is full for God, Master, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. The joy that was set before him, he endured and despised. When your heart is fully for God, you will endure and you will despise anything that wants to put you off. Are you here with me? God is looking for someone whom he can use his heart. To be born again is to have a new heart that God can fully take, make use of. I pray that from today, your heart shall be full towards the Lord. The reason you are where you are in your Christian work is that you have been dragging your feet with your heart. Your heart. Let's do something for the Lord. They will stay away. They will not do it. Heart. 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 Amen. Amen. Philippians 2.2 2. Philippians 2.2 2. It says, Fulfill my joy. Be like-minded. Having the same love. Being of one accord, of one mind. You see, there are many verses in the Bible that talks about unity of having one mind, one heart, one mind, one heart, one mind, one heart. There are many, many, many verses like that. Because we cannot do anything if our heart fails us. We can't do anything if our heart fails us. The heart is what matters most to God. It's not about how, it's not what you do, and you can look all, you know, glossy and beautiful and shining and everything. It's nice when you're looking good, but when your heart is bad, it destroys everything. Are you hearing me? Now, the goal is that Christ must dwell in your heart. When you are born again, the purpose is for Christ to dwell in your heart so that everything you do will be Christ-like. You are not only a Christian when you come to church. If I was sure that you are a Christian the most is when you are in the world. Jesus said, let your life shine in the world. He didn't say, let your life shine in the temple or let your life shine in the congregation. He said, let your, sign, let your life so shine among men. So when your heart is for Christ, then what happens is that even amongst the people, everywhere you go, because your heart is what does what you do. Your heart is the engine, is the captain of what you do in this world. So everything that you are doing, when Christ is in there, everything about you, the way you talk, the way you act, the way you move, whatever you do is full of Christ. It's full of Christ. When people see you, they will see the Christ in you. Because your heart is bringing out the fruit of righteousness from your mouth. Your heart is producing the fruit of holiness from your mouth. Your, your mouth, every time, is receiving from the heart the life of the spirit. So everything that you do is full of spirit. But when your heart does not align with Christ, oh, I go to church is when I do for God what belongs to God. When I go to the world, let me switch my heart and now do for Caesar what belongs to Caesar. A lot of people will enter into church today, this morning, after they have been to the nightclub yesterday, and have been to the beach yesterday, and have broken bottles of beer and guineas and appetite yesterday. They have given their heart to the world yesterday. Oh, today is Sunday. Let me find some church and go. And afterwards, nothing. See, they have used their heart to produce the wrong things. But I pray for you. 
that from today your heart everything about you shall be dedicated to god and that there shall be no room in your heart that the devil can find to use against the will of god in the mighty name of jesus ephesians 3 ephesians chapter number 3 ephesians chapter number 3 ephesians chapter number 3 it says i read from verse 14 for this reason i bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with mind through his spirit in the inner man can we all read verse 17 together one to go that christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the weight and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of god when christ dwells in your heart it is then that you understand the height the depth and the fullness of god may you encounter the depth of god from today he said christ should dwell in your heart richly dwell in your heart richly dwell in your heart not partially not not partially are you here with me somebody the day you got born again was the day you signed that contract with god say god from today everything about my heart everything that i do everything that i do for my heart is for you it's for you there are people who sit in church today they believe in in marrying more than one wife they are in church today today they believe in that their heart is not correct their heart is not correct and when you say they went quote oh after all, david married more than one solomon married one. you see when people just take the bible to suit what their last is desired what did the bible say he said when you are tempted don't say you are tempted by god but men are tempted when they are drawn by their own lust in their heart don't look at the lady and say ah, the lady is so pretty and that she, she tempted me that is why no it was your last that was in your heart that saw the lady to the extent that you could not do anything about it it's what's in their heart the heart what did the bible say of jesus jesus said do you know the women that were that, that surrounded jesus in jesus's ministry ah, even uh, um, the bible describes mary magdalene a very pretty lady seven demons came out of her she was with jesus everywhere jesus was she was seven beautiful pretty lady were surrounding jesus the bible says that jesus was tempted in every way but he did not sin because in his heart master women were not there in his heart eh? all these things that people attempted were not there his heart was on one thing and one thing only i came to go to the cross and die to save the world i did not come here to be chasing all these nonsense things that people are chasing in the church i did not come to do that my heart was set remember one day the bible says when he went to jerusalem they wanted no he went um to um samaria his heart was set to go to jerusalem to go and suffer they wanted him to stay he said no it is time for me to go to jerusalem the man's heart 
was full of the will of God. So much that his actions, his words, everything he did was determined by the will of God in his heart. He was tempted in every way, but he never sinned. Yes. People were around him. So many people around him. And nothing caused him to sin because his heart was loaded with the will of God. When your heart is full and dwells in the riches of Christ, nothing will come and distract you. And I pray that you shall be focused until the end. You shall be focused until the end. Because, you see, as we are preparing for the Lord's coming, this is the time for you to shape up your heart. That is why this message is so important. As we are preparing for the Lord's coming, you see the ten virgins, right? The reason the five were foolish was because the other five, their heart failed them in the time that they were supposed to prepare for the Lord. The other five, their heart failed them because they were distracted. The other five, the oil was in there because they were waiting for the master. Their heart was on the master. They, was just, they were just waiting. I am waiting for my master. I'm waiting for the bridegroom. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. So my heart, I don't misbehave. I'm keeping the oil. The other five said, oh, the master has failed. He's, he's kept so long in coming. So let's take our heart and put some in the world and let the world tell us what to do. And then paraventure, when the master is coming, we will get to know and then we'll get ready quickly. But it was too late. It was too late. The moment you decided, ah, let me play small with the well. That is the day the Lord will show up. The day you decide that, oh, I have had enough with this, you know, Holy Spirit, holiness, righteousness, I have had enough. Let me also go and chimp now small and see how my life will become. Ah, that is the day Jesus shows up. Eh, eh, you go there. Don't try to. Don't waste your time. Let your heart be dedicated and committed to the Lord the rest of your lives. Amen. Galatians 2.20 Galatians 2.20 It says Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Did he say the life you live in the spirit? No. Now, your heart has been given to God in the spirit. So now the life that you live in the flesh, you must live it to please God. Tell your neighbor, live your life to please God. Now, the life that you live in the flesh, not the life that you live in the spirit, the life that you live in the flesh, the life that you're living here in Ghana, the life that you're living among your people, the life, that life, it is not what you feel like doing that you do. It's not what you feel like doing that you do. It is the Christ that lives in you. It's how you live it. When Christ dwells in your heart by faith, your conversation with people, Christ will be in there. When you sleep, Christ will be in there. When you walk, Christ will be in there. When you go to the, to the office, Christ will be there. Everywhere you go, Christ will be there. Because your heart is full of Christ. People are chasing things in the church. They are looking for a job. They are looking for a car. They are looking for marriage. They are looking for this. Yet their heart is not for God. Their heart is not for God. It's very sad. When the heart issue is, is resolved and solved, I tell you, everything about you will become glorious. 
You realize that I am not there because of what I need from God. I am not there because of what I'm looking for God. But I'm there because of my relationship with him. Paul said, the life that I live in the flesh, it is not I who live it. In other words, that is why I tell you, and I've been saying it all this while, you cannot be born again. And if you used to be quick-tempered, you are born again, and you are still quick-tempered. That's a problem. You have not fully yielded your heart to God. Before you go born again, you are a very disrespectful person, and you are born again, and you are still being disrespectful, then you have not yielded your heart, you are still living your own life. You lie through your teeth before you go to Bulgaria. You are still lying through your teeth after being born again. Uh-uh. There's some problem with your heart. The moment you say, I believe in Jesus. is my Lord. Lord means master and my savior. Meaning that if Jesus is your master, it is what he tells you to do that you do. It's not what you feel like doing that you do. That is the difference between religion and being in Christ. Paul described himself, his relationship with the Lord. He said, I'm a bond servant. I, Paul, a bond. In other words, a sworn servant. Servant is serious. People say that I am a bond servant is another level. Meaning that he had determined that there shall be nothing that he would do that is outside of Christ. The reason the church seems to be not seeing the way in the glory that God has given us is because our hearts have been infiltrated by the things of the world. A lot of people have conformed to the world. They come to church with the world standard. Today, someone is coming to church. What they are looking out for? They are looking for air condition. They are, they are looking for, you know, a church that, you know, they, they do this. You know, some material things are controlling the thoughts and the hearts of people. So much that when they go to church and they don't see certain things, they think that the, the, the man of God is not powerful. Or they think that God is not in that church. They test the power of God among his people with the material things that people use to beautify a church building. Meanwhile, God has moved from a church that was built with hands into a heart. So I don't dwell in the, in the temple that is built in hands. And now dwell in the heart, the temple of the heart of people. But what we find today, we rather spend all our resources and energy Trying to beautify a church building. A material building built with cement and bricks. And then we don't spend the same energy to beautify the heart and purify the heart of the people where God wants to dwell. So people are sitting in an air-conditioned, beautiful, beautiful auditorium. Thank God for their beautiful auditoriums. But can we thank God for their beautiful hearts? Can we thank God for the purified heart? Can we put our hands on the chest and say, yes, the people that we stand before and we teach them day and night, their hearts are purified and their hearts are for the Lord. Can we be bold? Can we brag? Can we brag about the people we are pastoring? And we say that, God, I know that these people that you have given me, hey, their hearts are for you. Their hearts are purified for you. Their hearts are glorious for you. Can we be bold and put our hands on our chest and say, yes, we have built beautiful temples, but even better, we have built the beautiful temples of God. That is the heart of man. Can we be bold and say that?
So they will find people. They have their own standard they measure themselves with. You cannot measure yourself by how much you have in your bank account. You cannot measure your standard by the, the quality or, or whatever you are living. You measure your standard only by the Jesus that is in your heart. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in our heart. People are living anyhow today in the world. Because they think that, oh, okay, the gospel, the message of Christ is only when I go to church. When I go to church, I go and listen to the message. When I go to the world, I listen to their message. I don't want to lose my job. So even when your owner, your boss is telling you, come to church, or, uh, come to work on Sunday, on the day that, say, oh, well, I don't want to lose my job. The way I fasted before I got this job, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it. Let me, let, let me, let me, let me do it. No. The heart that is ready for the Lord. See, I want to paint a picture. That heart gives no cause to anything else. It's only about fulfilling the will of God. Fulfilling the will of God. Fulfilling the will of God. May we have some sacrificial, determined Christians in our generation, beginning with you, who will stand and say, it is only for Jesus or nothing else. It is only for God and for nothing else. All my life, the rest of my days, I shall live it to glorify God. My heart is only for God and not to please man. Can we have some believers? enough enough of this today i am hot tomorrow i'm cold christianity enough it doesn't please god their heart is the place where everything happens are you here are you here amen the reason their heart is key to unity is because their heart is everything your heart controls you. Let's go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter number 4. When we read verse number 23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of faith, that's what springs out the issues of life keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life your heart is where everything happens did you hear that your heart all the issues of life they come from your heart so it says guard it protect it what does it mean by guarding it making sure that anything which is contrary to the will of god is not entering your heart jesus said take heed of what you hear he said take heed be careful what you hear be careful because whatever you hear enters your heart whatever you hear enters your heart there are people who have heard things of the world and has entered their heart so they are behaving like that there are people who have heard negative things about from the world enter their heart 
they are talking like that. As I said, whose report will you believe? You, you went to the doctor. The doctor told you something. As soon as you heard it, it has entered your heart. Now, your, your lifestyle, your ashes are now full of fear. Your ashes are now full of fear because the doctor told you that, Charlie, whatever you are going to tomorrow, you're going to die. So the way you guard your heart is to be careful what you hear. That is why if you are in this church, you must download the podcast, download the message. If I were you, I will listen to the message of God 24-7. Ah, me, I love football, Papa. But let me tell you, you know this AFCON that is going on? This AFCON. It was even only yesterday that I went to visit my parents. That they were watching it. That I used my eyes to watch them. I, I told myself this year, I don't have time for certain things again. I told myself this year. Because I, I, last time I was sitting down calculating the amount of hours I sometimes used to watch television. Seven. The, the news start at seven, right? And eight. One hour. If I'm writing a book, do you know what I can write for within one hour? Do you know? I can write no less than 1,500 words within one hour. More than that. Impacting knowledge into people within one hour. Somebody is giving me this information. No, 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 no. I don't want that. Some of you spend more hours on Facebook than you spend on receiving the word. May that change from today. Master, you th- have you ever seen someone who ever died and because of his death, the world stopped and didn't move on? Did you ever find that? What I'm trying to tell you is that the world will still be there if you don't go to Facebook two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, or a day. I'm telling you, whatever you are supposed to receive, you will never miss it. Focus on the Lord. Let your heart be for God. And let Christ dwell in your heart. So guard it. Tell your neighbor, guard your heart. From today, guard it. Protect it with all diligence. Be swift to protect your heart. When someone is saying something that you know with this, there are some of you, you don't have the capacity to hear certain things. But the moment you hear them, it has disturbed you. Yet you find people giving their time hearing things they should not hear. Take heed what you hear. And that is why you come to church. Because as you hear the word, faith is stirred out. The Bible says Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So as you are hearing the word, and you are hearing the word, when if you lack faith, faith now comes. So that you can do the will of God. If you want to serve God and serve him well, where you must spend your time the most is in the place where you find God. You don't spend your time in the world. People spend. That, that, since the day I realized that it's one of the most, um, the, the most, um, the thing that steals the most of productive hours in the morning. How many years ago I stopped? Those days, we could listen to PSFM, Kokoko, from 6 to 11. 6 a.m. to 11. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 6 hours. Or 5 hours, if you are counting it in one hour. 5 hours. Listening to talk show of Kokonsa. 
politics and the more people hear them they are stirred up against each other they are stirred up hey i hate these people because this one says i'm ndc i hate this one says i'm mpp the more people are hearing and listening to them their hearts are stirred up against each other and they say that oh we are not fighting no ah they will after the show after they have fought between them among themselves they will go out of the studio go and sit somewhere they will drink they will eat and then they they don't know the harm that they have caused stirred up the heart of people against themselves how many people spent raw five hours hearing the word how many christians do that how many christians do that how many christians spend 10 hours feeding on the word how many christians do that yet you expect your life to be a manifestation of christ when you don't spend most of your time hearing the word it's not possible it's not possible what your heart produces is what is spent its most time with if you spend your time most of your time talking to a lady all your ashes will be full about that whatever you give your heart to receive you see your heart is a ground that produces your heart it's like a ground it always produces so what the heart is always looking for is a seed matthew 13 jesus talks about the word being the seed sown into the ground so the heart is always looking for the seed what you are hearing what you are receiving into the heart is what it will produce what you receive is what you produce what you hear is what you produce so the point the question is what is your heart receiving as a seed if you spend a lot of time chasing money your heart will know that oh as for this person it's all about money so let me give him the fruit of that guard your heart Luke chapter 6 Luke chapter number 6 Luke says Luke chapter 6 I read verse number 45 Luke 6 45 a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks did you hear that what is a treasure a treasure is what you value the most the treasure is what you value. if you value the things of god your life will produce it what you say will show it your actions will tell that you value the things of god if you don't value the things of god too your actions will say because when people are going to church you are in the house it tells you what you value it tells you what you value when people have gathered to pray you are not there to pray it tells you what you value because what you value will tell me what you are doing are you here with me say my heart is where my values are the heart the heart out of the abundance of the heart the mouth to speak out of the abundance so when the heart has conceived so much then the next thing is that there's an overflow and then the ashes begin. do you know the things people have stored up in their heart if you find someone talking a lot about money don't say that the person likes money too much their heart is full of that 
if you find someone who is always you spend just five minutes with a person and the persons end up preaching you you should know what is in the person's heart there are some christians spend just 10 minutes with them no word of church no word of christ no word of spiritual taste 10 minutes complaining about problems talking about worldly things talking about 10 minutes because their heart is loaded with problems their heart is loaded with worldly things where is the cash in your heart the bible says let our conversations be seasoned with salt where is the salt that you are bringing forth if you are the salt of the world where is your salt ask your neighbor where is your salt if you are the salt of the world where's your salt amen go back to proverbs again 27 go back to proverbs 27 proverbs 27 I read verse number 19. Proverbs 27. I read verse 19. It says, As in water, as in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Other version says, As water reflects your face, so does a man's heart reveals who the man is. Who are you? Who you are is revealed by your heart. Come on, are you here with me, somebody? I say your heart reveals who you are. Remember what the Bible says? That as a man thinketh, so is he. Your heart will reveal who you are. If you are a spiritual person, you don't need, you, you don't need to pretend. Your heart will reveal it. Because the water will reflect your face. So your heart will also reflect who you are. <laughs> If you are a disrespectful person, your heart will show it. If you are somebody who honors God, your heart will show it. Everything that is in your heart will reveal who you are. Everything that is in your heart will reveal who you are. If your heart is full of something else, it will just show up. You see, that is why, let me tell you, you cannot pretend. The more you pretend, the more you are saying you are a fool. I'm going to read it. You're going to see it. If I love God, why will I hide myself in the place they say as that's why in the early church, the apostles they said, if you say we should not preach Christ, then kill us. We are ready to die because we cannot fake it. This is what is in our heart. Christ is dwelling in our heart. So if you are saying we should not preach Christ, then you better kill us because nothing will shut our mouth, nothing will shut us up. You find Christians, so-called Christians today. They go to a place. He said, don't preach Christ. He said, okay. When I was in the university, they said, the university, at that point, they said the school policy was that no church should have um, like a Christian campus fellowship. Nobody should have it. I said, huh? But guess what? The Muslims were allowed to pray. Why? Uh, they said the Muslims they don't make noise. But the Christians will make noise when we are praying. Meanwhile, the owner of the university so-called claimed that he was is a Christian. A rule came that 
As soon as I entered the school, I was looking for some Christian fellowships to join. I didn't find any. I said, all right, no problem. I started with my class. I started with my class. After service, after um, lectures, and I'll stand in front of the, of the class and I'll announce, if you're a Christian here and you want to join me for after class hour prayers, please wait behind. And I started. The first day, three people waited. We prayed, we made noise. The second day, oh, we increased to five. Now, before I realized, the numbers were growing. One day, the vice president of the university came and said, why are these people making noise? The following day, I was called to the office. Why are you praying after lectures and you, you just disturbing everybody? I said, I came to this university. I didn't find any Christian fellowship to join. So I started something. The man said, it is not allowed in this school. I said, sir, if you not allow this in this school, then I'm also leaving the school. I told him, I said, I'm leaving the school. And let me tell you, you don't, some of you don't know how radical we are. I told the man, I said, and if you allow this to happen for me to leave the school, I tell you before God, the man, this school will collapse. I told him. I said this to the man. He was looking at me. And then he asked me, are you a pastor? I said, yes, I'm a pastor. He said, that is why you are talking like that. I said, not just because I'm a pastor. Because I was looking for a fellowship to join. Because I'm a Christian. How can I be in a university and I can't have a place to fellowship? When I contested for the SRC president, it was part of my campaign message that I will establish a, um, a scripture union where Christians will find a place to fellowship. Master, some of us, you cannot hide us or you cannot cause us to hide ourselves. Many Christians were there before I got there. But they had hid themselves. Oh, it's a school rule. No one should meet and pray. But Muslims were praying. Ah, but why should Muslims be allowed to pray? And me, I cannot gather with my fellow saints to pray. It will never happen. When Christ dwells in your heart, let me tell you, everywhere you go, you will deposit yourself there. You will deposit, you will disperse yourself there. From today, I pray for you that wherever you find yourself, Christ shall manifest in you. Christ shall manifest in you. Christ shall manifest in you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Whether in America, whether in Europe, wherever you find yourself, don't go and conform to the well. Because as the water reflects your face, so your heart will reveal who you are. Who are you? The demon said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who are you? What is revealing your nature? What is revealing you? Is your heart revealing Christ? Or your heart is revealing your fear? Or your heart is revealing your cowardice? But from today, I pray that your heart shall reveal Christ. The Christ who died for you. Don't live for yourself. Live for the one who died and was raised for you. In the name of Jesus. Christians must wake up. A lot of Christians are sleeping. A lot of Christians are sleeping. Because their hearts are revealing something else which is ungodly. Instead of Christians doing the things of the Lord, chasing money, chasing worldly things, you find a born again. Someone who says, I am born again. You have two, three girlfriends. Your heart is revealing who you are. Your heart is revealing who you are. You find somebody who is a Christian, born again, a tongue talker, married, and has two, three girlfriends. Your heart is revealing who you are. Repent. 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 Your heart 
is telling you that you are not born again. Your heart is telling you that the tongues that you are speaking, you are faking it because your heart is doing what the world is doing. A married man, you have two, three girlfriends. What are you telling God? What are you telling God? A married woman, you have a side boy to your husband. What are you telling God? What are you telling God? It is revealing your heart. May your heart reveal Christ. In your marriage, may your heart reveal Christ. In your workplace, may your heart reveal Christ. In your school, may your heart reveal Christ. Everywhere you find yourself, may your heart reveal Christ. So the people go to the university just because they want to flow. I, I, in my university, there was a lady who came from Nigeria. When you see the things that she used to wear to come to school, skinny panties, all those things she was wearing some. One day, she was going back to Nigeria. And I think she left something on campus, so she was coming to pick it. When I saw her, she was wearing a wrong dress. So, not knowing that part of her, I was curious. And I asked her, hey, where are you going today that you are wearing a wrong dress? Today you are looking. He said, I'm going home. I said, really? Say, if I don't wear this, my mother will kill me. If I don't wear this wrong dress, my I said, ah. So your mother brought you to school. And all that you thought to do was to gain that freedom. To be wearing those skinny skinny things. Now you are going back home. Are, so is this the kind of things you wear at home? You say, in the house, we don't wear skinny skinny things. You see, her heart is revealing her on campus. But in the house, she's pretending. That, oh, yes, ma. Ma, yes. Ma, please. But in her heart, evil has filled her. When you see that girl, hey, on campus, ah, no, 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 no. That day she was wearing it. And all of, she took off because she used to have earrings. She has taken everything and wearing only one. And I don't know what she did because I didn't, because me, I pay, me, I pay attention to details. I did not see the holes of the other. So I think she did something to cover those places. And then she only had one earring. And then she was wearing some, you know, long dress. And all of a sudden she looked like an angel. Hey, says, I'm going home. If a mother sees me in that, she will kill me. Heart reveals who you are. Tell your neighbor, your heart will reveal who you are. Master, if you are born again, full of God, every we can have church service 365 days in a year. Every day you'll be here. Because your heart is there. Your heart is there. Your heart is there. Anything, don't say anyone do it. It's not in a person's heart. Whatever you do is what your heart is producing. If you don't do it, your heart is not producing it. What are you talking about? So, uh, uh, man of God, uh, I was engaged in something. That's why I didn't come. No, your, your heart, your heart is telling who you are. Amen. Let's make progress. I have a lot to say. Are you here? Listen. This is even more important. The reason you must take care of your heart is that God looks at your heart than any other area of your life is dealing with you from your heart now when God comes here you see the way you are beautifully dressed it has impress him these things it, it don't, they don't mean anything to him what he's looking for is the heart behind you that is sitting here. Your heart. First Samuel. Chapter 15. 16. Sorry. First Samuel. 
1 Samuel chapter 16. Look at verse number 7. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Did you see that? Where does God look? At the heart. You know, when a man is going to look for a woman to marry, the first thing they look out for, how pretty the lady is. How well endowed the lady is. They are looking for physical features. And they don't even look at the heart. That is why some men have married monsters into their homes. Ah, they are, they are many women. Before they marry, they are angels. As soon as they get into the marriage, ha, ah, something has changed. They say, no, no, nothing has changed. I will show you why you see a different person before marriage and after, after marriage, you see something else. I'll, it's in the Bible. I'll show you. <laughs> the heart revealed who she is. The real person has showed up. Because she's looking for marriage. Hey, she'll be doing like this. Oh, like this, like this. Come on, homebrew, I say. Like this, like this, like this. As soon as you put the thing in, on the fingers, and then she takes her first photo and she does like this. Poses like this. Have you seen my finger? I'm now, now I'm the madam of the house. Now what is in my heart? All my plans that I've planned before I got married. It is time to now rule them out. Hey! Stop looking at appearance. Because you know what? Appearance, they say it is what? Deceptive. Amen. Hey! When you see some people, angelic face, when they open their mouth, you look at them again. Ah, is this the face that just spoke? Ah, such a fine guy. And you talk like this. Such a fine lady. And you talk like this. Yes. Because the fineness of the face does not tell the full story. It is what is in the heart. It is the heart that produces everything. God looks at the heart. And that is why most of the time, the Bible says Jesus, he knew their thoughts. He knew their heart. You cannot walk in the spirit and don't know the heart of men. It is one of the advantages of walking in the spirit. That you know the heart of men. You know what people have decided in their heart. Yes. You know it. You're able to tell that this person, what is in the person's heart, this is what the person wants to do. But if you are not in the spirit, and you yourself, you have not yielded yourself to the spirit, let me tell you, ah, you will be, you will be deceived by appearance. I pray that from today, appearances will not deceive you. Appearances will not deceive you. Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. I read from verse number 9. I told you I'm going to show you why people before they get married, they are angels and afterwards, they are something else. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 9. Can we all read it together? How many of you are there? Are you there? Alright. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Can we all read it together? One to go. Their heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, Verse 10, says the heart, I test the mind, 
even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Did you see that? So, before anyone deceives you with his face, the deception took place in the heart. Because their heart can be very deceptive. And that is why when you get born again, God changes your heart. He gives you a good heart, a holy heart, so that you become genuine. You don't fake it. You become, you know, unfailing in all that you do. Your heart becomes pure before God and before men. Many people are having deceptive heart. They are laughing with you. But, Master, 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 Jesus said, these people, they honor me with their heart, their mouth, sorry, but their hearts are far away from me. When people say, oh, apostle, 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 they are just saying with their teeth, but their heart always reveals who they really are. Oh, yes. You cannot be shouting, oh, apostle, we love you. Apostle, we love you. And then when God gives you an instruction to tell you to do, you don't do it. Master, your mouth only on it, but your heart is not with me. People are faking it in church. They fake it all. Hey. Many Christians fake it. Oh, oh you see how they, they do it. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Oh, boy. Oh, daddy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. These same people, when they gather somewhere that they are talking about, they say, daddy, 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 daddy. They, they even contribute more than the people they went to meet. They say, oh, I saw them. I know him. Oh, oh I know him. Or so you don't know him. The heart is, de- is it, it, it can be deceptive. So when you go born again, God said, No, no, no. I don't want you to be a Zam person again. I'm giving you my heart. My heart, yeah, I'm genuine. What I say before you, I'll say behind you. I don't pretend. That is a heart a born again person must have. A realistic heart, a real heart. You know you don't want to marry this girl. You know it. Your heart has prepared deception. And that your mouth is producing it. Oh, I'll marry you. I'll marry you. I'll take you to Dubai. I'll take you to America. Oh, I love you. I love you above everything else in this world. Hey, you can't lie, yo. The heart has prepared a bowl of deception. And you know, because the lady too believes in appearance, See, some guy be said he loves me. Whoa, when you see the guy, hey, he's a macho, fine boy. Hey, this is wow. I believe that he will marry me. The guy says, You know what? You because we'll marry, let's 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 try it. Let me see if you are you love me. Demanding sex and all everything. You give it to the guy, deceived. Six man down the line. Apostle, I have a broken heart. No, 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 no. You have foolishness. You don't have broken heart. You have foolishness. Foolishness. You don't have a broken heart. Amen. You are following appearance instead of the heart. So me today in my life, when you are talking, I am. The Bible says we should be what? We should be quick to hear, slow to talk, slow to become angry. So when you are talking, I am hearing, and I am running your words through the spirit. Aha, uh-huh. I am checking it. I'm checking to see what you are saying. You mean it or you are just trying to deceive. You cannot deceive someone who's full of the spirit. Who will fish you out. A lot of people are walking around with deceptive hearts. 
and you are deceiving people. It is desperate. It's not just wicked, though. The heart that is unrefined, the heart that is not born again, it's not just wicked. It is desperately wicked. In other words, that heart is, is more than ever ready to do wicked things. Are you here with me? You know, you know, my I chanced on a, a post recently. A lady, it was like a WhatsApp chat. I think the, the lady has had broken hands, so she put it on online and it was trending between herself and a supposedly guy who said he will marry her in the chat. And the guy, I think I said it in the church recently. The guy said to the lady, uh, because the lady sent her a message that I've been trying to call you several times, so you don't answer. And the guy in the ch- in the chat said to the lady, uh, I'm, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry to to you know to break this news at this at this time. You know, I'm getting married tomorrow. I was so busy preparing for the wedding that I, I that's why I couldn't answer your call. And I'm getting married tomorrow. And the lady replied, "Is it uh, is this a joke or you are serious?" And the guy replied, "Do you see this as a joke? I'm serious." And the lady replied, oh, messing the guy saying, how can you, why, how can you do this to me? Didn't you say you're going to marry me? Blah, blah, blah. And the guy read it in the chat. The guy read it, double tick, and the guy blocked her. So now when she was sending more messages, he said, now you have blocked me. <laughs> Broken heart. Wicked heart. Wicked heart. And you find people in church. Huh? They have promised to Amma in church. I'll marry you. Promise to Akos. Oh, don't, don't, don't let Amma know that we are, we are going out. No, don't let Adran know that we are going out. Don't let Akos know that we are wicked. Wicked. Meanwhile, Jesus died for your sins. And has given you a new heart. So what is inside the heart? That is not producing Christ. It tells what people are paying attention to. I pray that from today, every relationship you find yourself, not just in marriage or whatever, whether friends, whether working, everywhere you find yourself, let your heart be genuine. Let your heart produce Christ. The Bible says we should be kind to each other. Let, let the love of God, Romans 5, 5, let the love of God that has been poured into your heart, exhibited between you and other people. Stop the fake heart and the fake love. Stop pretending. Love people from your heart. Be genuine towards one another. Don't fake it. Don't plan evil in your heart and then talk something else from your teeth. That is deception. That is wickedness. And as a child of God, God wants you to be truthful everywhere you find yourself. If you cannot do it, don't say, I can do it. And when someone is expecting to do it, you fail and disappoint. Let your heart always be truthful and let your heart produce the things of Christ everywhere you find yourself so that you can be blessed. So that you can be blessed. Enough of the deception. Enough of the lies. Enough of it. The church have to rise up and wake up. So someone said, we now be Why should someone say that to you? First Peter. First Peter chapter number one. First Peter chapter number one. Sorry, chapter three. First Peter chapter three. Sorry. Forgive me. First Peter chapter number three. I read from verse three to four. 
He said, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Verse 4. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Amen. Look at how today people spend so much money trying to beautify themselves. But they don't spend the same amount of energy and time to beautify their hearts. They look sepe. When you see them, say, wow. Hey, sepe. Go and marry them and bring them into your house. You will see. Are you the guys who go about looking for physical features before oh, I, I, I found, I found, I found. You have found what? What have you found? You will not take the heart to see if the heart is for God. You have maybe married a lady. The lady is telling you, you know what? I need this. Take me here. Take me there. Since you entered into that relationship, you have lost about 50 pounds of weight. Now, who comes up? We are not fasting. We have not called for fasting in the church. We have not called for prayer meetings. So why are you why, why are you slimming now? He said, ah, the girl that I, I fall in love with, that demands alone. So when I wake up in the morning, I've been thinking where to get money to, to make her happy. You, you are trying to make somebody you have not been married happy. And you are not spending the same energy and time to make your father happy. Hey! Charlie, relax. He said, don't let it merely. In other words, he's not saying that don't look good. He said, you can look good. But don't let it only be that. It's like Jesus saying, man shall not live by bread alone. He didn't say we should not eat food. But I said, but by everywhere, which means that having the word of God always in your life is superior than even eating. In other words, always working on your heart to please God is superior than you spending your time trying to look good on yourself. So whilst you are wearing those Brazilian hair, Whilst you are working on your skin tone, whilst you are doing all those things, make sure that your heart is not deceptive. Make sure your heart is producing Christ. Some people dress, some ladies, they dress to attract men. Or you don't know. Ah, they wear what they wear just to attract men. You see how their heart is supporting the way they are behaving? I heard a young lady said, as for me, I have never had a thing for singles. My my thing is that I always like married men. Hey! And she was both saying that. Me, my thing is that I like married men. Such an evil statement to make. So that should tell you. If she says, I have a boyfriend, for example, it means that that person is not a single. It's a married man. Someone's husband. And when you look at the picture of the lady, Oh, very beautiful lady on the outside. I look at the heart. Would this heart be precious in the sight of God? No way. And I'm pretty sure this lady, somewhere, somehow, you go and find her in a church somewhere. Maybe her pastor didn't see that post. But I pray that the pastor will see that post. How can you say that? So don't let your beauty just be that. Braid your hair. Look good. But let your heart be more beautiful than your appearance. Let your heart be more beautiful than your appearance. Because when your heart is beautiful, 
you are precious in the sight of God and you'll be precious in the eyes of men. Because if you're a lady who is beautiful on the outside and then your words are gentle and are beautiful and then you are kind and you are you are holy you are you are, you are all of those things that that makes god glorious let me tell you people will naturally like you and also in the sight of god god will like you because you don't tipple yourself yet you don't do the things that will not please god you don't have to sleep with everybody for everybody to like you that's what i'm teaching you you come here, you can be very pretty. Very. I know a lady at some church. What? When you see that lady, you look at her twice. I, I have not seen, maybe apart from my wife, I have not seen any lady pretty. You know, as for my wife, there she's number one. She's like, no, don't you know? You know, you know that my wife is pretty. So this one, why should I even say it? You know it. The standard is clear. <laughs> but that lady too is very pretty the first time I saw her I saw her doing the work of God hey, you know you see the impression is that beautiful ladies they don't do the work of God the impression a lot of people have is that as if you're a beautiful lady yours is you know menizing there's womanizing and there's menizing <laughs> if there's no word like that I have coined it so if you are a pretty lady, then yours is that. I saw you and Bemana and I'll do a meeting. But this lady was doing the work of God. And she was she was not playing no. She was doing the work of God. I said, yes, using her beauty to do the work of God is pleasing to God. And to use your beauty to please the, the beds of men. Whether you are beautiful looking on the outside or you are whatever on the outside. If you don't please God, lake of fire will come. And when you get there, see if your beauty will save you. All this money people are spending on artificial things on their body, adding things to their body. Pastor, you can spend one trillion dollars to lift your nose to become like that of Michael Jackson. Okay? If your heart is not precious before God, that nose, when you get into the lake of fire, see if that nose will survive. You, say, you call it plastic surgery. So you're having a plastic nose. Does, does plastic stand before fire? Plastic, they melt. So if your nose is plastic and you enter into the lake of fire, see if that nose will stand, it will melt. <laughs> Are you here with me? Tell me, but let your heart be precious before God. Amen. Young man, when you wake up in the morning, see how to please God. Pray. The first thing that should come into your heart should not be about that girl. Young man. Let Jesus come into your heart first. Why? The first thing that should come into your heart is not money. Let Christ come into your heart first. Why? And you're going to see your life prospering. Dedicate everything about you. When Christ is in your heart, if you're going to choose a lady to marry and the lady is full of demons, Jesus will tell you, this girl, you need some casting of some demons before you go there. Many people have carried demons into their homes because they were looking for the wrong things. Looking for the wrong things. Amen. Did you see that? So ladies, dress well. And I want you to see the ladies in the church also having a special heart for Christ. When we are going for evangelism, bring your beauty along. Let's go. 
When the fine boys, when they see, say, hey, pretty ladies preaching, he has to give his life. I remember there was a, a, a friend of mine. He said, one day she went on evangelism. And then they, he ministered to the guy. Apparently the guy followed her to church because she was pretty. You know now they are husbands and wives. She won a soul. And the soul became a husband. You, you, you want to get a husband in the foot of the club. Dancing floor. Dancing. You go and find an Ogogoro husband. Or someone who drinks Ogogoro. You know Ogogoro. And then you get disturbing the pastor. Pastor, my husband. Where did you find your husband? Or where did your husband find you? What are you talking about? Tell the lady. Charlie, find your husband in the things of God. Let your husband locate you whilst you are doing the work of God. When your husband sees you, say, as for me, I'm sold out to Christ. So if you want to marry, know that, Charlie, Christ comes first in everything that I do. Oh, yes. But this is my formula. Christ, number one. Then I come to my wife. Yeah, she, she's not offended. She understands it. No, some people say they are marriage first and then... No, no. You see, my relationship with God is number one. And then I can transfer that relationship into my marriage. I get what I'm saying. Yes, that's how. If I have a relationship with my, my wife first, Maybe my wife will give you some food. I'll forget to pray. <laughs> I'll forget to pray. So let me, let me pray first. When I finish praying and fasting and doing my spiritual things, you see, God has deposited some fresh love. So when I see my wife, oh, the love is, is super. Super. Beautiful. I get what I'm saying. There are some people, hey, you love their lives. Their wives, huh? Their wife will tell you, Charlie, today let's spend some time together. Take some two weeks breaks from preaching. Let's please spend some time with me. Let, let, so that we can, our, our bond can be stronger. And then the man of God too will say, ah, okay, my, my family first before the things of God. Two weeks, church administrator, sign off. Two weeks off. Man of God, where are you? I am somewhere chilling with my wife. Hey. Jesus asked you to come and chill with your wife. When souls are waiting to hear his word. Master, forget it. My relationship with God first. And then I transmit this love I received from God into my marriage. This year, we are 10 years in anniversary. And, and, and the marriage is getting sweeter and sweeter. The more I spend more time with God. You understand? Because even she, she testifies that things have changed. Yes, on the day we got married, things have changed. It, it, things have to change. Because I cannot spend more time with God. And then I still behave like I'm still a single man. And there are many people who are married today. Because their hearts are for the world. They are married but they are still single. Because their friends are, this, are, the, are more you know, prioritized over even their homes. How much more Christ? Are you here with me? God is checking your heart. He's checking your heart. Tell your neighbor, God is checking your heart. Is your heart precious before him? Is your heart. Please, don't let this thing elude you. Now, let's go into some serious stuff. So what happens when your heart is not involved in what you do? When you don't put your heart inside what you do, what's going to happen? Number one, you will dishonor. People don't dishonor because they want to. It's because their heart is not there. Their heart has been taken over by something else. First Samuel 15, 22. First Samuel First Samuel fifteen twenty two. First Samuel fifteen twenty two. So Samuel said, 
Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Now, because Saul dishonored God when the prophet said, wait for me before you give the sacrifice. Because the heart was not in what Saul was going to do. He went ahead and then offered the sacrifice when the man of God was not there. Meanwhile, the instruction was, wait for me. When your heart is not taken over by God, and when your heart is not involved in what you are doing, you, you would freely dishonor instructions. Come to church, you will not come. Because your heart is not in the church. You know, there are some people, they are in this church, but they are not here. Their heart is not here. I'm telling you. Oh, about a woman of God, don't you know? Some people, they are here, their heart is not here. There are some people. She was telling me that she called some people. They don't even know the name of the church. Can you imagine? Your heart is here, and you don't even know the name of this church. How many people can say, they that, oh, I, I'm a member of this church. Their heart is not here, so they don't even know that they are members of the church. You don't know. Say, I'm calling from the spirit life. People say, where? Where? Where, where, where is that? They don't even know. And when she told me, I was like, oh my goodness. The name of the church every day is here. People see it every day, yet they don't even check. Their heart is not here. They have just come to show up. Oh, I, I, my, my brother said, let's come to church. I have come. Whilst the man of God is teaching, he's in a hurry to go. He has taken some bed. He wants to go and check the score lines. He's in a hurry. Their heart is in bed. Bet more than the things of God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. When you dishonor, it doesn't matter what you do. It's not acceptable. But when the heart is involved, you are always honoring. I get what I'm saying too. When your heart is not involved in something, you become a hypocrite. A hypocrite. Matthew 15, 8. Become a hypocrite when your heart is not there. Matthew 15, 8. He said, Jesus said, in fact, Jesus was quoting Isaiah. Okay, 23, 13. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandment of men. Matthew 15, 8 to 9. They draw near to me with what? Empty lips. Faking, pretending. You see, when your heart is involved, I, you see, I heard a story recently about a very big man of God. I don't want to say the name. Very, very big man of God. And recently, some journalists wrote certain bad things about him. Do you know that a lot of people that were in the church don't go to church there again. The numbers, he said he organized some program somewhere last year. About 23,000 people came. He organized another program after the journalist wrote about him. About 5,000 came. Where is over so so thousand people that came the other one? Because they heard, they heard something about the man of God. They drew near with their lips. Their hearts were not there. So when they heard something about the man, they leapt. There are people, Peter said, where shall we go? In fact, you see, probably I'm going to read it. It's one of the verse, but let me quote it here. In fact, that, thing, that, that verse is so striking. John 6. 
You know, when you read from verse number 15, do you know that they had wanted to make Jesus king? And the Bible said, when Jesus realized that he, he, he perceived in their heart that they wanted to seize him and make him king, he withdrew and then he went to hide himself so that they would not make him king. Then, some few minutes down the line, he came back preaching and he preached one word and all these people who wanted to make him king, they deserted him. Hey! I, when I think about it, people can be very hypocritical. Pretending hypocrite the bible says in the book of romans 14 it says let our love be without hypocrisy let us be genuine so when your heart is not involved in something when your heart is not there you don't become genuine oh you are there but you are not there uh, let, let me say something let, let me just say something and i'll go no when your heart is there so where your treasure is where your treasure is if your treasure is in this church, some of you, if you believe that God has given you this church to bless your life, Master, whether rain or shine, you are here. Not those people who pretend that they are here, but they are not here. The slightest problem, they desert. They leave. Yeah. But see, if you find someone leaving, the chances are that their heart has not been rooted. When your heart is rooted, let me tell you, no matter what, like Peter said, where are we going to go? Where will you go from this church that will hear some of the messages you hear? I'm not saying people are not teaching or preaching anywhere. But there are some messages you don't hear it also anywhere. It's as simple as that. Where are you going? Amen, someone. Three. Where the heart is not there, offenses are available. People are always offended. People are always offended. They are always offended. The slight thing you say, you get angry. Because the heart is not there. When the heart is there, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that you... What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I rebuke those I love. And I chastise those I love. So, if your heart is not in what Jesus is doing, when he rebukes you, would you get offended? When your heart is here, and you know you are going to the wrong line, when you are being corrected, why will you get offended? You will not get offended. Because this is where your heart is. You find some Christians, they say, ah, does he know how old I am? And now he's talking to me like that. I'm talking to him. I don't go to church there again. I don't know. I don't go. Huh? Carry your problems and go. Carry your problems and go. If your heart is here, let me tell you, it doesn't matter how you are rebuked. You can be rebuked very harshly. You can be rebuked gently. You can be corrected very harshly. You can be corrected gently. You will never be offended. Never. Because you know that it is for your own good that you are being corrected. Because you know that it is for your own good that you are being rebuked. Because you know that it is for your own good. That is why they are doing what they are doing to you. When your heart is there, nothing offends you. So offense begins when their heart is not committed. That is the beginning of offense. You get angry when their heart is not committed. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. 21 to 22. It says, Also, 21, also, do not take to heart everything people say, lest your heart, lest you hear your servant cursing you. For many times also your own heart has known that even you, you have cursed others. <laughs> I like what Solomon said. Some of you, hey, the things that you have done to others, yet when they do the same to you, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, 21, 22. 
Yet, some of you, when something is done against you, you get offended. But you have forgotten that you, that same heart that you have, the things that you have done against people, the things that you have done against people, the things you talk to people anyhow. Yet, when you are being correct, you chew with them one another, they will. And you do same to others. So he said, I don't let your heart don't be offended. Tell your neighbor, don't be offended. Tell your neighbor, don't be offended. Four, strife. In other words, conflict. Where the heart is not there. The listing, people are fighting. Because, because the heart is not there, people are not interested in unity. They are not. They are always fighting. The heart is not there. They are always fighting. First Corinthians chapter number 3. First Corinthians chapter number 3. First Corinthians chapter number 3. I read verse number 2 and verse 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. Verse number 2 and 3. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are not still able to receive. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife and division among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? You see? When their heart is not in a place, strife is there. Fight. There's, there, there's no unity in the place. This one is saying, what I'm doing is the right thing. Hey, why are you talking to me like that? Hey, why are you doing this thing like that? Every day fighting. Because their heart is not there. But when their heart is involved, because the order has come from God, all that you know is that we are doing this way. This is how God said we should do it. If God said we should do it this way, you cannot be contradicting other things. Amen, someone. When their heart is not there, there is no division. There is no division. When the heart is there, there always will be unity. When the heart is not there, everyone is divided. Division, division, division. I, I like this person, so I'm flowing with this one. I like that person, so I'm flowing with that one. I like this one, so I'm going with that one. Because the heart is not there. Now, when your heart is there, you're having one mind. You're having one soul. Are you here with me? Now go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. It said, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the, mess- by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there is no division among you, but that you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Did you hear that? Let's pray like people. Let's all have the same heart. The same mind and the same purpose. Don't don't have your own mind. There are some people when God has given us the instruction, they have their own way. Oh no, me, I won't do it. Ah, me, I can't do it. I can't do it. Your heart is not here. Your heart is not here. Stop faking it. See, when your heart is not somewhere, you still you can show up. Oh, that is hypocrisy. You can still come to church, but because we're hypocrites, you are in church, but your actions are affecting what God is want, is trying to do in the church. Like Ananias and Sapphira. Their hearts were not in what God said they should do. But they, they tried to show up all the same. Pretenders, hypocrites. And God said, nah, uh, uh, in my house, hypocrites, you will not survive. And then he kicked them out of the place. Whatever God says you should do, back it with your heart. And when your heart comes along, let me tell you, you do everything that God says you should do. Amen, someone. Six, 
when your heart is not there, you become easily provoked. You become easily provoked when the heart is not there. Hebrews chapter number 3, verse 8. Hebrews chapter number 3, verse 8. When your heart is not there, you become easily provoked. Do not harden your heart as in the rebellion or as in the provocation. In the day of trial in the wilderness, easy provocation. Easy provocation. Do not harden your heart. Hebrews 3 8. So when your heart is hardened, you provoke. What does it mean to provoke? You are stirred up. Amen? You are stirred up. Every time your heart is not in some place, you are easily stirred up to, to fight. Praise the Lord. When your heart is not in a place, the listing. Ah! Every time this, every time this, your heart is not there. But when your heart is there, it doesn't matter. When you are told to do something, okay, right, you go ahead and do it. That's what shows your heart is there. Amen. Are you there? Don't be easily provoked. In fact, when you read uh, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Where there's love, love is not easily provoked. I mean that when your heart is there, you cannot easily be provoked. So when you see someone who easily gets provoked, there's a problem with their heart. What did you say that triggered the anger? What did you say? You didn't say anything bad. Why should you have gotten angry? The heart is not there again. When the heart is there, even when you are insulting, or in, you know those days, you are going out with someone you say you love. There are people who are still in their relationship. Despite of what they are being treated, they are still there. Sorry, because their heart is there. Their heart is there. But there are some people because their heart has left. At the least, even sometimes you don't even have to provoke. With the right intention, you say something, ah, it triggers anger. Their heart is no longer there. I pray that you will never be easily provoked. In the name of Jesus. Seven, when your heart is not somewhere, you intentionally do something wrong. You in Uber shut up and yeah, the bunny. There are some people their heart is not there, so they want to destroy what has been done. Amen. James 4 17. James 4 17. It says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. To him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. People know they should come to church, but they will intentionally not come to church. It is sin. People know that they should come and pray, but they will not come. Intentionally. Intentionally, they will not come. It is sin. To you who know to do good and you don't do it. Which means that some people know what is right, but they intentionally don't do it. Why? Because their heart is not there. Their heart is not there. When your heart is there, when you know what to do, you always do it. Because your heart wants to be pure before God. Are you there? Eight. Now, when your heart is not there, there's no way you will see the glory of God. When your heart is not involved in something, you will not see the glory of God. Everything God has asked us to do this year, the only way we're going to see the glory of God is when we put our heart into it. You don't stand somewhere and say, oh, apostle, apostle. No, 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 no. It's not about apostle, apostle. Put your heart into it and do it. God says, let's go for evangelism. You are there. 
God says, let's go do this. You are there. Whatever God says we should do, you are doing it because your heart is there. And then you see the glory. If your heart is not there, you will not see the glory. Amen? John chapter number 1140. Jesus said, he said to Martha, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you see the glory of God? Believe in, we believe in the heart, right? So when your heart is there, you will believe everything that God is saying. And then you will see the glory. But if your heart is not there, you will not believe in the first place. And because you will not believe, you will not see the glory. So your believing has to happen in your heart that you will see the glory of God. And I pray, especially this year and beyond, that you will see the glory of God all the time in your life. Amen, somebody. The glory of God. Verse, the, the, ninth, um, the ninth and the last point, complaining. When the heart is not there, people complain, 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 complain. They complain all the time when the heart is not there. Philippians 2.14 Philippians 2.14 Philippians 2.14 It says, do all things without complaining and disputing. There are some people because their heart is not there. Everything they do, they will have something to say before they go ahead and do it. They will complain before they do it. They will have something to say before they do it. Listen, if you are going to say something before you do what you are supposed to do, you better don't do it. Carry the chest. They will complain. Ah, every day I'm the one who has been tasked to carry the chest. Ah, you are complaining. So don't do it. But there's no blessing in the one who complains. Do everything without complaining and disputing. Some people to argue before they will do it. You go back and forth. Go back and forth. Go back. So, okay, you, you are, Mate, I'll do it. Ah, so you do it, and then you spent a chunk of the time disputing before you do it. it. Means that your heart was not involved. When your heart is dedicated, everything you are told to do, yes, sir, I'm going. Finish. There's, there's no point to argue. There's no point to complain. But the spirit of complaining is never from God. Amen, someone. The spirit of complaining is never from God. Amen. The last thing, then we close. So how do you make your heart pure? How do you cleanse your heart? How do you make your heart dedicated to God? Now that you are born again, you have the life of the spirit. Now how do you now begin to act from a godly heart, from a pure heart? The first thing that you have to do is that number one, frequently examine yourself. Frequently examine your heart. Second Corinthians chapter 15. Second Corinthians chapter number 15. Oh, sorry. Sorry, we don't have um, um, that. We don't have 15. It's 13, sorry. I, it was a typo error I found here, 13. As soon as I quoted it, I realized, that, hey, we don't have chapter 15 in Second Corinthians. So don't write chapter 15. I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It said, Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? What happens? Test yourself. Examine yourself. How many believers... Take time to examine themselves. 
There are some people when they have an issue with someone, they think they are always right. And the person is wrong. So they will not even bother themselves to even analyze the situation to see, oh, maybe me too. What I said, I didn't say it well. Let me go and apologize. Never. They will, they will wait. They will say, me, master, me, I have, I have justification. So I will never go and apologize. If you examine yourself, at least you will know that God will tell you. Don't let your anger be over a day. God will bring your mind to some scripture that will cool your heart. Because people don't examine themselves. They do whatever they do. They don't check. You have to test your heart. You have to examine yourself. Have an introspective look at yourself. Check your heart. Check your mind. Make sure that what you are saying to people and what you are doing is from God. Every time you come to church, you are sleeping. Check your heart. Examine yourself. Ask yourself. So every day I go to church that I sleep. Is that pleasing to God? TBK, always examine yourself. Examine yourself. You have to ask yourself questions. This thing that I'm doing, is it pleasing to God? Or I'm satisfying myself? People don't test themselves. They don't check themselves. They think what they are doing is right. And what you are doing, it takes a person of humility to sit down and say, this thing that I did, I was wrong. Let me go and say, I am sorry. It takes a humble heart. But if you don't examine yourself, you will not even know that what you did, you are wrong or you are right. You don't know. Let the Holy Spirit help you to examine yourself from today. Are you here with me? So when you say something to someone, sit down. Me, most of the time, when I have conversations with people and I am just about to sleep, I replay all my interactions with people in my mind. Everyone I met. If I did something or I said something which is not on point, I say, ah, Peter, this one, you didn't do it well. And next time, I will correct myself. That's how it is. But if you don't examine yourself, you will not be able to correct yourself. Remember, the heart is where God is looking. So always make sure that your heart is pure. And clean. Amen. Two, how are you going to have a pure and a godly heart, a clean heart? Check the kind of friends you surround yourself with. Check the people. I'm not saying you don't have friends. But be careful that your friends don't influence you with the things of the world. Second Corinthians. Sorry. First Corinthians this time. First Corinthians this time. And here we have chapter 15. So don't worry. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 33. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 33. It said, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So check the people around you. Are you here with me? Check the people around you. What people are you surrounding yourself with? All your friends, they have two, three boyfriends. Your friends, all of them, they have two, three boyfriends. And you say, these are my best friends. Hey! Your best friends have two, three boyfriends. Very soon, you will add another one. But they are talking to you every day. They are telling you how Akwesi takes care of the rent. And Kwame takes care of the food. And you takes care of the other bills. And they are telling you, they are telling you, be very careful. So when you check the people around you, now your heart is in a good place. Make sure that you are the one influencing the people. 
around you instead of them influencing you. So if you know that the people around you, you cannot influence them with Christ the way you ought to, and they are always influencing you, you have to be careful because evil company will corrupt good man. Are you here with me? Because we want our heart to be pure. Surround people with God. The Bible says, in the company of what? In the multitude, multitude of counsel, there is safety. So when wise people surround you, you are secure. Foolish people can't waste you. People who like betting, you surrounded yourself. Why won't you be betting? I don't know anything about betting. Because the people that I know, nobody's betting. No one will come. You dare not. Come and tell me, oh, apostle, ah, even some pastors are betting. Why don't you try it? I'm not some pastors. I'm called by God. No man called me. Surround yourself with godly people. Tell your neighbor, surround yourself with godly people. If you, if you know people in the world, okay, make sure you influence them with Christ so that your heart will always be pure before God. Amen. Three. The way you keep your heart clean and pure is that you'll be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Rooted and grounded in the love of God. Let the love of God dwell in you. We read it earlier on Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 17. It says that Christ will dwell in your heart through faith. That you be rooted and grounded in love. Be rooted and grounded in the love of God. The love that Jesus has loved with you, love you with. Make sure that same love is showing up in your work in this world. Don't allow, allow the, the love of the world to be in your heart. What is the love of the world? The love of the world is never pure. Money, evil things is what is filling the, in the heart of people. Don't let the love of this world be in your heart. Ephesians 3.17 For the way your heart will be pure is that you don't conform to the world. Don't conform to the world. Don't become equally yoked. The Bible says we should not be equally yoked. Romans chapter 12. You know what is there? 1 to 2. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed. Don't get used to the world. That is all that it means. Are you here with me, church? Don't get used to the world. There are some people when they are in church, they are always absent-minded. But when they are in the house, they never get absent-minded. Because their heart is in on the television more than hearing the word. They are used to the world. Don't get used to the world. Don't get used. There's nothing nice in this world to get used to it. Let your heart always be hearing the word of God. And number five and our final point is that we, for you to have a pure heart, you must delight yourself in the word. Delight yourself in hearing the word. Delight yourself in hearing the word. Are you here with me? Someone. Someone, one and two. He said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and is in law he meditates day and night. This is how you make your heart pure. Think on the word of God every day, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. Let the word fill your heart. And you're going to see your life expressing purity. You're going to see God liking what is in your heart. You're going to see your work in this world full of the word and full of the things of God. I pray for you this morning. 
that from today your heart shall be full of Christ. Your heart shall be full of the word. Your heart shall be pure before God. Your heart shall exhibit the things of the Lord. You shall not be ordinary. You will not exhibit the things of the world. You will not be here today and there tomorrow. You will be you will be stable in all your ways because your heart is full. The Bible said that the one whose heart is not stable, God rejects. May your heart bring you a stable mind and not a double mind in the mighty name of Jesus. May you be rooted and grounded in all that you do. Thank you for being a part of today's message. This program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the Spirit Life people. For further information, kindly visit us at www.thespiritlifepeople.com or subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels or find us on all major social media platforms. Stay blessed and always remember that in Christ Jesus, we are free!